Today is Valentine's, and God has a Valentine's for you. And we know in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9, that's our scripture, who has saved us. Hallelujah, hallelujah. What a Valentine. Knowing that we're saved. How many of you are saved in here today? Hallelujah. That's a Valentine in itself. It shows us that God loves us. Tom, I see, an, I see an empty cross. I know. Thank you, Jesus. You love me. Thank you, man. Thank you for your, for your love for me. For me and my house and my marriage and my children and my grandchildren. For my family. For this church and for, your, for you and your family. I thank God for that today. I was thanking God for all that. But he has saved us and called us with a holy calling. Not according to our work, but according to his own purpose and grace. That's how much God loves us. He called you. You didn't call him. He called you. He doesn't care where, where you've been, what you've done. He doesn't care what color you are. He doesn't care what culture you come from. It doesn't matter. He called you. John chapter 15, verse 16, he said he chose you and ordained you. He chose and ordained you with a purpose. Not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. In other words, before the world began, God chose you. God called you with a holy calling. And that holy calling is to love. Not only love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, but to love our neighbor as ourself. To love. To love. That calling is to love. And we know February is the love month. Amen. February is the love month. Today is Valentine's Day. Hallelujah. What better place to celebrate Valentine's but in church? What better place to celebrate? Hey, y'all, do I need to separate y'all too? I know, now I know why your daughter's in the middle of y'all. I mean, keep your hands. Come on, come on. Man. What better place to celebrate Valentine's but in the church? In the church. Showing God he is our first love. When you come to church, you're showing God that he is your first love. That God is your first love. I love my wife, but I'm sorry. I love God more than I love her because she can't save me. She can't heal me. She can't restore me. She can't transform me. And I can't do that. I can't do that for her either. And I pray that she loves God more than she loves me. I, we love our daughter Olivia and our daughter back there, Alicia. But we love God more. And I expect them to love God more than they love me and my wife. Our grandkids, we tell them and say, hey, we love you, but we love God more. Why? Because God is our provider. He is our first love. And as a parent, it is our job as parents or even grandparents, to pour into our children to show them that God, your first love is always God. Your first love is God. Before you love me, you love God. Why? Because God loves you. God is, is, is always going to be good to you, and God is always going to give you the best of him. He's never going to give you second best. He's never going to give you something broken. And he surely ain't going to give you something cheap. He's going to give you the best. Created by his hands. See, God don't look at it. No, 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 no. When God creates, 
When God created the heaven and earth, he didn't look to his angels to create. He created. He said, let there be. And then when it came to man, he didn't go to the angels. He didn't go to Michael or Gabriel. He didn't go to no. He, he said, let us make. What was he saying? He was talking of himself. He was talking of Jesus. And he was talking of the Holy Spirit, the triune God. He says, let us make man together in our image and likeness. So when God created, and when God gives you something, it is created from his hands. It ain't created from nobody else. That's love. So that's how much he loves you. And that's how much we as born-again believers, we as the church, people that are saved, sanctified, and full of the Holy Ghost, we show our love for God every day. And what better place to come to church? Now, I know there's many people that are not comfortable in coming to church, and we, we probably have people outside. Guess what? You're still here on the church property. And we say thank you, and we bless you, we bless you, we bless you. If you're outside in your car, that's not a put down. That, you have nothing to be ashamed about because you're on this campus. You're on this campus. And even if you don't have the energy for whatever reason, why? Because we have a rule here. If you have a sniffle or runny nose or you're under the weather, I don't care if it's a toothache, you stay home. Even if you're watching, guess what? God loves you. And God has got some, he's got a Valentine's for you today. Just have an open heart and receive. Have an open heart and receive what God has for you today. Because he loves you. He loves you and he knows if it wasn't for that sniffle, if it wasn't for that headache, if it wasn't for whatever it is, you'd be here. See, what does God look at every day in us? He doesn't look at the outside appearance. He doesn't look at your accolades. He doesn't look how much you, how much you read of the Bible today. He looks at your heart, Margaret. Because out of the abundance of the heart is who you're going to be. That's who you are out of the abundance of the heart. So God looks at your heart. Don't put yourself down. And don't allow the lie from the devil and say, oh, you didn't show God. No, 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 no. See, that's the devil playing with your mind. See, God, God don't have time to look at your mind. God looks at your heart because that's who you really are. See, you can, you can paint the outside all you want. You can make it all look all you want. You can put the mask on all you want. But your heart is who you are. You can't hide that. And that is what God is looking at, is your heart. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. In other words, you reveal yourself what's in your heart. I don't care how hard you try. You can fake it, but eventually your heart is going to expose you. Is going to show who you really are. And it's amazing how the world has put a mask on us and God has removed the other mask. And you're seeing people for who they truly are in the midst of all that's going on. But we, the church, cannot get caught up in that sin because it is a sin. Love means you love God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and strength. You love. That's what love. When love, when you have a love of the Father, you love God with all your heart, soul, and strength. But you also love your neighbor as yourself. In other words, you can't attack your neighbor. When did Jesus ever attack his neighbor? When he had, when he was hanging on the cross, he had two thieves on his right and his left. He never attacked them. 
even though one of them attacked him, he still loved. He still loved. And we as a church have to follow Jesus in his footsteps. Yes, family will come against you. Neighbors will come against you. Friends will come against you. Jobs, businesses, people in general will come against you. But you as a born-again believer, the church called by his name, has to rise above it. You cannot be like the world. You have to be like Jesus. And Jesus was like his father. Love. He was a man of love. Everything that Jesus did was a reflection of his father. And his father was, God is love. Now we know that according to John 3, 16. We, all, we can all quote it. But it says, for God so loved the world. What do we see there? For God so loved the world. He loved the world. In other words, he loved his creation. Regardless of how defiled, how rebellious, how full of iniquity and lawlessness, for God so loved the world. He still loved his creation. Even though there was a divide between his creation of man. Even though they're right, he still loved man. He still loved mankind. He still yearned for a relationship with his creation. And that is why we see here in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world. He says, hey, if there's anybody that's going to show love who's been rejected, I'm going to be the first one that shows you how to overcome rejection. And that is by love. Because the world rejected him. Adam and Eve rejected him. And because of one man's sin, according to Romans chapter 5, it brought damnation. It brought destruction. But God says, I can't stop there. I love my creation. I love my, my man. I love mankind. I, I got to send a savior. I got to send somebody. Who can I send? And the only one I can send is Jesus. For God so loved the world that he gave. He gave his only begotten son. He couldn't give, he couldn't sit there and create another. No, he had to give of himself. Hallelujah. He gave of himself. In other words, he didn't look to an angel. He didn't look to nothing. He gave of himself. He says, I can't get, I started with man. I gave him everything. I created him in my image and likeness. He is one of us and he rejected me. And because he rejected his call. Because that's what Adam and Eve did. They reject their call. Because they, they went against God. They rejected who they were. Their calling on their life. They rejected the call. And because of that, sin came upon them. And there was a separation. Why? Because God cannot look upon sin. How does Jesus look upon, how does God look upon us? Through Jesus. That's how God looks upon us. Through Jesus Christ. That's the reason why Moses could not look upon God. The only, only way Moses was able to see God was that God had to put him in a crevice and he only saw his back. Hey, I would like to see God's back. Wouldn't you like to see God's back? I mean, hey, that's not bad. 
But he could not look at him face to face because of sin. There was no Savior yet. All there was was a sacrifice. And all that sacrifice did was covered their sin. It didn't wash their sins away. See, Jesus, because God so loved the world, he gave a Savior... So no longer there will be a covering, but there will be a washing away of all sin. That is true love. And that is the God that we serve. That is the God that's here today. And he said, for, God, for I love the world and I gave my only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish. Hallelujah. Did you hear what I said? Those that are watching the internet shall not perish, but have Everlasting life. Everlasting life. Love is not love if it doesn't give. See, God had to go beyond just loving the world. He had to give. ALM, our purpose, plan, and expectation is to establish God's love every day. We do this by our giving. We do this by our giving, giving of ourselves, giving of our time, giving of, our, of sitting down with people that don't know, sharing the gospel. In the midst, yes, of a pandemic, you can still share the gospel. I don't care what anybody says. You can still preach the gospel. Love always has an attitude of giving. Our love for God always has an attitude of giving. Why? Because of who God is in John 3, 16. He showed us, for God so loved the world, he gave. He was the first one to give. But he could not do it if he didn't love. He loved first, and out of love, he gave. See, when I walk out of here, my wife and I, our children walk out of here, and when you walk out of here today, you got to have a love for the loss. you got to have a love for the loss. Why? Because if you don't have a love for the loss, you won't give them Jesus. They won't hear, they won't hear about Jesus. See, when you walk out of here, you got to have a love for the loss, the way our Savior Jesus Christ was sent to this world by our Heavenly Father. The reason why God sent Jesus is because He had a love for the loss. He had a love for His creation. And because he had a love for creation, he had to give of himself. Why? Because he could not depend on anybody else. He tried it one way and it didn't work. And he says, I'm not going down that road again. It's going to be me this time. And who did he send? He sent, he sent Jesus, the Son of God, who sits right now at the right hand of the Father, interceding for you and me. So we can be what God's called us to be. What is that? A a church of love, a church that loves the lost, a church that understands that hell will not widen anymore, that this sickness, this disease, this affliction, spiritually, physically, financially, ends today. It's not going to be on my watch. It's not going to be on your watch. You're going to stand in the gap. And you say, enough is enough, devil. If Jesus can, can rebuke you, I can rebuke you because Jesus lives on the inside of me. I am the church. Called by his name. I am his representative. You are his representative. Look at you say, I am a representative. I am the church. 
of the kingdom of God. I will not be quiet anymore. You're going to shut hell down. Why? But that starts with a love that has an attitude of giving. That you're going to give those that are lost the opportunity to get saved. And in that opportunity of salvation, healing is there. Restoration is there. And the Holy Ghost transformation is there. That's how you know somebody got truly born again. That you see the process working upon them. See, when Jesus picked his disciples, he, there was a process going on in their life. He was pouring into them every day. He, what did he say? Follow me and I will make you. Follow me, I'll make you. No, I'm not going to make you like the Pharisees and the Sadducees. I'm not going to make you like the prophets of the old. I'm going to make you like me. Hallelujah. It's a process. Now, when did that process become real? When, it, when was it fulfilled? On the day of Pentecost. See, on the day of Pentecost, they all got born again. They were born again. And look what all that they did. Not even being born again. We're born again and we can't even, we can't even pick up a pinky. We have struggling in using, using one of our power, power just in the pinky. But these men and women, why? Because they, they had faith in, in, in God. They had faith in who Jesus was. They were willing to surrender to that name. And they were willing to go out regardless of what was going on in the world. Listen to me. We have medication today that they didn't have. They didn't have medication for, for headaches. They didn't have medica medication for sore throats, for fevers. We have all this medication. All they had was Jesus. And they went out. They didn't have no, they didn't have medication for leprosy. They didn't have medication for dead people, for blind eyes, deaf ears. There's medication for all this. Someone dies, they can stick some in there and all of a sudden pop, pop their heart and boom. They don't have none of that. Look what they had. They had Jesus. Why? Because he said, follow me and I'll make you. I'll make you fishers of men. I'll make you like me. I'll make you like me because I've been sent by the, by the love of the Father. I have been given to you so you can be like me. God gave Jesus to you so you can be like Jesus. We can be like Jesus when we walk, off the, when we walk, walk out of this building today and we get in our car and we go wherever we go. We can be like Jesus. Those men and women were like Jesus. And when he sent them out, they all did, they all did what Jesus did. They laid hands on the sick. They cast out devils. They caused the blind eyes to see, the deaf ears to open. They raised the dead. They cast out devils in the name of Jesus. Same Jesus today hasn't changed. You just got to have a love for the lost. You got to have a love for the lost. You got to have a love for the sick. You got to have the love for the broken because there's a lot of broken people. There's a lot of people under, the, under a hurt heart. People are hurt. People are hurt in this. There's, there's people in here right now are hurt. You're hurt. You've been struggling. You've been hurt. You've been hurt by somebody. Words are powerful, people. You've been hurt by words. You've been hurt. You, you don't understand what's going on. Why is this happening? 
And if you're not careful, you'll give in to that hurt. And then you, you begin to start thinking things. And as you start thinking things, then you will be quoting those things that you're thinking. And that's exactly what the devil wants us to do. He wants us to take what he throws at it because he throws his stuff at the just and the unjust. It doesn't matter. And what he's trying to get you to do is talk about it. He's trying to get, it, trying to get you at what you're thinking to come out of your mouth. Because if you can get it to come out of your mouth, you give him something to use against you. And who's he going to use it? He's not going to use it against somebody else. He's going to use it against you. That's why you got to be still and know that I am God. You got to be still and you got to be quiet. You, got, you can't be anxious for nothing. Love is not love if it doesn't give. This is our purpose, plan, and expectation to establish God's love. And we do this by our giving. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1 and 2. It says, Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children and walk in love. Walk in love. Even if you don't receive it back, walk in love. In love, as Christ also hath loved us and hath given, there it is, loved us and hath given himself for us an offering and sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling Savior. What did he say here in the beginning? Of, 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 what did he say in verse 1? Be there followers of God as dear children. Be followers of God. In other words, walk in love as Christ walked has Christ also loved us and given himself? In other words, to walk in love, you have to be willing to give of yourself. Are you willing to give of yourself the way Christ gave himself to you? That means you're going to have to break bread. That means you're going to have to spend time. Jesus, people's like, oh, oh, I can't hang out. Jesus sat with the heathen. But what did he do? He didn't, he didn't caught up in their God. He shared the truth. He began, as he sat with them, he ate with them, he began to what? Love them. And he began to preach the truth, whether they liked him or not. But there was times where they didn't, oh, trust me, he ruffled a lot of people's feathers that were at the, where he was eating with. They didn't like it. But he didn't care because he had to share the truth. And the truth is that no matter what a person is going through, God still loves them. I don't care how rebellious they are. How many of us can raise our hand, one of our hands, and say, we know somebody truly rebellious? That we have, I mean, we shared, we shared, but they just don't want to change. They're just full of rebellion. God still loves them. And if God still loves them, we don't give up. We don't give up. Because God ain't giving up. Now, there will come a time where God says enough. But till God says that, you don't give up. You, you turn them over to God, whether it's a child or a son, a daughter or a husband or a wife or a, a family member or a neighbor or somebody you work with and all that. Till God tells you to give up on them, you don't give up. You keep preaching the truth. And the greatest truth is your actions. Actions speak louder than words. And your actions will show if you are truly born again and you are the church, your actions of, of who you are as the church will speak volume more than your words. Because actions speak louder than words. And while everything, all, all hell is broken loose all over everything, 
you're protected. Even if, say, okay, so you, say you are in this tribulation that the devil has thrown at you. Because we know that that happens in Matthew chapter 24. Jesus said, he spoke of tribulation. See, tribulation is not just against the heathen, it's against the just too. But fear not. I was sharing it today. I was sharing it the other day. Um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego went through a tribulation. But guess what? They didn't die. Not, not even the smell of smoke was on them. Not a hair on their hair was singed. Daniel was throw, went through tribulation. He was thrown in the lion's den. Peter was thrown in, a, in, in, in tribulation. He was, he, was, he was stuck in the lower, lower dungeon with four, with, two, with four soldiers stuck to him. They prayed. The angel of the Lord came in and smote him and said, Get up. Come on. And walked him out. To the point where he brought him to the house where they were playing. He's being on the door and I'm like... It's me, Peter. They're like, you ain't Peter. They didn't believe it. But it was Peter. And they let Peter in. And what happened? Oh, there was a shaking. See, you, even if you go through the tribulation, fret not. God still loves you. He hasn't forsaken you. What did I just read over there in Isaiah? Fear not. Fear not. Don't be dismayed. Hey, I got you. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to protect you. Why? Because I love you. And he's called us to be a follower. What is our, what is our everyday offering and sacrifice to God? What is our everyday offering and sacrifice to God? Our love to give. That's our offering and sacrifice our love to give our love to give remember the bar has been set by God Jesus is the life of the bar and the Holy Spirit is the resource of that bar ALM we imitate God we imitate our Savior we imitate who they are every day of our life and we do that by our love to give we want people to get saved, but to get, for people to get saved, we have to give them Jesus. Give them Jesus. We have to be willing to say, hey, I know what you're going through. It, it doesn't, it's ugly. Yes, the doctor said, we've done everything we can do, but I know a Jesus that I'm ready to give to you that goes beyond man that goes beyond science, that goes beyond medical. That go, there's no limitation to him. I've come to give you Jesus because everything else has been exhausted. Everything else has been used. There's nothing else. Let me give you Jesus. Let me give you Jesus because in Jesus, there's his salvation. And in that salvation, there's healing power. There's a Hezekiah miracle. There's, there's a Lazarus miracle. Oh, Lazarus was dead for four days. He was decomposing. Jesus said, he stinks. So? Move the rocks. But he stinks. Who cares? Do you want him alive or do you want him to stink? 
Is the stinking too hard for me? Lazarus, come forth. Lazarus, come forth. Lazarus, come forth. It doesn't matter how many days. It doesn't matter how long. It doesn't matter how they abuse themselves. God still loves. And in that love, he gave Jesus. And in that gift, there is redemption. There is resurrected power. And we as the church who love God are followers of God. And we imitate our Savior, Jesus Christ, every day. And it's our job to love him through an attitude of giving. Because someone we know, someone out there that we may come across today is going to need to receive that Valentine's gift of love. Someone we know. We can do this, ALM. We can do this because God supplied it all. God supplied it all. He supplied it all through Christ Jesus. God made a way for us. God made a way for us. And God's making a way today for you. And God is asking today, today, can you be my valentine? Can you be God's valentine today? That's what God's asking. Can you be my valentine today? Because I love you. I love you. And I have a gift for you today that's going to save, heal, restore, and transform everything. That whatever the enemy has done, fret not. Trust me. God says, trust me. God says, trust me. God says, trust me. He says, trust me. Psalms 37 says, trust me. Delight in me. Commit to me. Rest in me. Cease from all anger. Because you're going to inherit the earth that I have given you in Jesus' name.